Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Okay, so imagine that you're getting a little bit older. You've been working for a while. Maybe you've got a couple of kids who've grown up. Maybe you're even thinking about retirement. And then, even though you've done everything that society says you're supposed to do, you lose your home. This is happening to a lot of people, not just in the Bay Area, but across the country. I was a victim of age discrimination big time. About half of all single homeless adults in the U.S. are older than 50. This is coming at a time when seniors are the fastest growing age group. And when seniors are homeless, they're vulnerable to sickness, injuries, and discrimination. Today, the story of one Bay Area senior who did find housing after six years. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Eddie Thomas is 62. Sarah Hosseini is a reporter for KQED. I would describe him as one of those rascals of an older guy, sort of (laughs) mischievous and ornery, but in an entertaining way. My great-grandmother lived to be 109. She said, it takes us a year to teach you how to walk and talk. But she said, it takes the rest of our lives to try to make you sit down, shut up, and listen. He is very precise. He tells time in military time. He's a veteran, a former Marine. And he's kind of on top of it. He calls you back. He calls you ma'am. He's, you know, I think as journalists, you kind of get into the habit of calling people by their first name. But for some reason, he's one of the few that I always call Mr. Thomas. I love that. Yeah. What was Eddie's life like before he lost his housing? He was living in Alameda. He was working a good job at a tech company until. Yeah, I loved it. I was shorts to work all the time. <laughs> yeah. But when you solder and you have to wear the apron, to avoid inhaling the fumes, you have the face mask and, you know, gloves. And things were going really well. He was saving up for a place. I think life was good. And so how did Eddie Thomas become homeless? Uh, it's one of those slippery slopes that happened. He got um, laid off from his job at Intel. I guess it had closed up shop. He said he showed up to the office that day. They gave us no prior warning. Security, armed security guards escorted us to human resources. They had our severance package, back pay, vacation pay, sick pay. Sick so when he was let go from Intel, he was still paying rent on his place for a while. At the Three Crowns apartment complex, Mr. Nakamura passed away after about three years after they shut down the Santa Clara campus. And his son came at the end of everyone's lease. He was raising the rent like 400, back then, $400 a month. And that's before Alameda had uh, rent control. So that's sort of what propelled him to try to rent a room from someone at church. When that ended up um, ending, you know, he moved into a motel for a couple months, all the while using up his savings. And finally, 
just had to move into a shelter in Berkeley. While he's looking for more permanent housing and he's, he's also looking for work, does he have any luck, like, finding a job? He gets interviews. I think he said he had an interview, for example, at uh, a shipping company. And, you know, the young guy is impressed by all the stuff he knows how to do. He knows how to do a forklift. Um, and the, the young guy says, I don't even know how to do that. But he didn't even get a call back um, after his second interview, you know, which seemed like hopeful. I'm a damn good forklift operator, shipping and receiving, FedEx, UPS online, inventory control. He said, we'll be, we'll be getting in touch with you. Never call me back. So he says he was a victim of age discrimination. And by that time, he was over 55. He is African-American. He said that might have played into it as well. And he just never could land anything. So Eddie ends up in the shelter, and he's in his late 50s. What kind of help is he getting? I would call Mr. Thomas one of the lucky ones. He's actually got help from his time in the military. He has a a person who's helping him try to find houses and jobs. And eventually, you know, he ends up getting a very coveted Section 8 voucher because of that. Yeah, those are really hard to get. Those are really hard to get. And people wait a year, maybe even more, and sometimes don't even get them. So he got it in a matter of days. I would call that pretty lucky. Jeez. Does Eddie Thomas have family? He does have family. He has a daughter who's in college, and he has a fiancé who lives on the East Coast. She's been wrapping up caretaking um, someone there. And so uh, he's a loved person, but he's not. they're not in the position to take care of him okay. in the way that you would hope your safety net um, could. So at this point, things are starting to look better for Eddie Thomas. He has a Section 8 housing voucher that could help him afford a place to live, and he's also got a caseworker at the VA. And he was getting job interviews. One day, five years after Eddie Thomas was first laid off and lost his home, he was actually ready to interview at a computer and software company. This is in December 2018. He gets up one morning at 5 in the morning. It was dark. I wanted to get there early to drink some of that coffee. I was running across the street, had my multimeter, my laptop, tool bag, and backpack. He's waiting for the bus and and sees it come and starts racing across the street to catch it, to get there in time. He wants to get there early. Some kind of indentation or a rise in the road or something. I don't remember. And he has a fall. He wakes up in Highland Hospital eight days later. He can't move his hands. He's in a wheelchair. Um, It's pretty severe. Right here, you see? Fractured my skull, landed on my rotator cuff right side, and <clears throat> I compressed my spinal cord, micro, micro, something, another. But Eight days is a really long time to just be out of it. Yes, he wakes up on Christmas Eve. The fall feels like a really unfortunate thing to happen mm-hmm. to Eddie, but I imagine that health problems while homeless are a lot more common and significant for for seniors and Mm -hmm. for people his his age. That's right. I mean, there's some landmark studies out of UCSF that focused on um, a cohort of homeless seniors in Oakland, actually. And they showed that falls in particular are a big part of the epidemic. It's one of those things where you're you're out on the streets, your health is impacted to the point where people in their 50s and 60s look like they're in their 70s and 80s and have similar health problems. So 
any one little thing. I mean, you lose your job and then you're out on the streets and then you fall. It's one of those things that's really hard to come back from. And that's what happened to Mr. Thomas. So what's happening to Eddie Thomas right now? At the time when I meet Mr. Thomas a few months ago, he's in a wheelchair. He's been living in a skilled nursing facility in Oakland for about a year. And he has nowhere to go because he can't find a place to live. I mean, looking for a place with a Section 8 housing voucher isn't easy for anyone. But I imagine, too, like Eddie is in a wheelchair. So I imagine it's extra hard for somebody who's in his position. So East Bay City officials that I've spoken to say that they have had a really hard time enforcing rules that have to do with discrimination against people with Section 8 housing vouchers. The mayor of Berkeley, for example, said that they've had a longstanding city ordinance that um, makes it illegal, but anybody can get on Craigslist and see advertisements that say no Section 8. Right. So that's a part of it, even though they get the same money. It's, it's sort of confusing. I mean, maybe they're they're concerned about the behaviors of tenants that they um, presume they would get with Section 8 vouchers. But when it comes to Mr. Thomas, he's also in a wheelchair. So you have to find accessible units, first floor units. Um, so there's a lot that goes into trying to find a decent home for him. He definitely expressed his frustration about being in the nursing facility for that long. You know, like I said, he's kind of a rascal and and he made no bones about um, the fact that he didn't come there to make friends. He says he doesn't talk to anybody, doesn't share his uh, hot sauce, he doesn't (laughs) loan out any cigarettes. He he just came to get out. Luckily for him, since I talked to him um, that first time a few months ago, he's now been transferred to a transitional um, home for veterans in Alameda. So he's there. He's got a couple of roommates, and um, he's a he's been promised a place in a new veterans-only Section 8 housing building in Oakland come the end of February. So he's really excited about that. It sounds like having that veteran status has been really helpful to him. It's been helpful um, in the sense that he has um, help, and he's he's gotten these opportunities, even though it has been so hard until now to find an actual home. Um, you, you can only imagine what happens to people who don't have those kinds of hookups and who don't have his personality. Like I said, he's very good at navigating systems. He calls you back, right? He, he's on top of it. He remembers names. He can email. Yeah. <laughs> like, what about others um, who are his age and out on the streets? They're yeah. not all as capable. Um, have you learned anything uh, about either homelessness or veteran homelessness or, or senior homelessness through Eddie, not necessarily through some of your research, but like through his experiences? I think that it was eye-opening to talk to somebody who had had such a strong work history and through a series of events ended up at a shelter and then you know, with so many obstacles to overcome, it really makes you, <laughs> I don't know, I think it's sort of my biggest fear, right? As a reporter, we're not millionaires. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. get in a few decades, you know, you end up as a senior and, and any one thing, and, and could that happen to me? Yeah, that's actually pretty incredible to think, like how close to home this can hit all of us, like thinking about that and thinking yeah. about aging right. and who's going to be there for you family or government, right. you know? Do you think we could try calling Eddie Thomas to see yeah. where he's at? Do you want to try that? Yeah, sure. Yes? Hello, Mr. Thomas. 
It's Sarah Hosseini with KQED. Yes, good morning. Good morning. I'm sitting here with my colleague, Devin Kadiyama. Hi, Mr. Thomas. Hey, what's happening? Uh, nothing much. Sarah just uh, just got through telling us a little bit about your story, and I know that you are going to be moving into a new place soon. Um, kind of wanted to get a sense of whether you feel ready, whether how you feel basically about the big move. I'm ready. After I had the procedure on my spine done, I was at the place, uh, the Windsor, on 2919 Fruitville. So I'm at uh, Operation Dignity, a place for veterans uh, in Alameda, the old naval base, while I'm waiting to go to the Embark, the veterans housing facility, the new one. And uh, I feel great about moving. What are you most excited about? Are you a psychology major? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a host of a podcast. (laughs) Okay. Yes, getting back to being on my own. Here, I I, I can cook and everything. I couldn't do that at the nursing facility, but I haven't taken it upon myself to put any house plants here because every time you move with me, I treat them as a plant shop. When I get to the apartment, I can have uh, my chef alert, my corn plants, my elephant ears, and all that stuff, nice. and they will be at home. What was the biggest thing that helped you out along your way to finding housing? Prayer and practice what I pray for. Oh, uh, yeah, Ilya, my VA HUD fast counselor, Ilya Weber. Please mention him. The guy's phenomenal. And my fiance. So I'm still getting married in November. Oh, congratulations. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very much for, for speaking with us, and I'm so glad to hear that you found some housing. Nice, nice to hear from y'all. Nice to hear from you. Bye, Mr. Thomas. All right. Bye, y'all. Eddie told us that he suffered a lot of nerve damage in his right hand, which means that it's a lot harder for him to lift things. But even still, he says he wants to try and find work again, and maybe even do some grilling on the rooftop of his new place. Thanks to Sarah Hosseini, who reports for KQED. This episode was produced by Marisol Medina Cadena and editor Alan Monacilio. KQED's leadership team includes Julie Kane, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. We'll talk to you Monday. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice, fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes on our watch season two, New Folsom. 
a story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.